the name of Jesus, amen. Dear saints of God, Jesus is telling us a parable about justified, about justification, and what it means to be justified by Him. To be justified means to be simply, to, de- to be declared righteous. Now this parable tells us that there are two sources of this declaration. Either we declare ourselves to be righteous, or we are declared righteous by God. And this second way, this being declared righteous and holy by God, comes to us, at least it should come to us, as a shock. Especially when we see that the Lord justifies the ungodly. I don't know if there's any way to recover the shock of this parable. To, to know what it would have been like to, to, to be there and to hear Jesus telling this parable for the first time. It would have dropped like a bomb on your, on your ears to everyone who heard it. And the effect would have been uh, either extreme anger and hatred for Jesus or profound joy and peace. Here's the parable. There's two men that come to pray in the temple. One is a Pharisee, and the other is a tax collector. There is no greater contrast in the world in which Jesus is teaching. There is no greater contrast between two vocations. The Pharisees were heroes. They were the holy ones, the upright ones, the ones who spent their whole lives keeping the details of God's law. The Pharisees were the guys that you hoped your son would grow up to be. The, the, the guys that you hoped your daughter would bring home to go out on a date. We've grown up studying the New Testament, and so we think that the Pharisees are the villains. But at the time of Jesus, it just was not so. They were the most revered and the most respected in society. Tax collectors, on the other hand, weren't. Tax collectors were Jews who were working for the occupying Roman force, working for the pagans. The tax tax collectors had the practice of taking more than they were supposed to, more than Caesar needed, and they would take that for themselves. And so here these guys were idolatrous idolatrous thieves. They were on the outskirts of society. They would not have been welcome in the temple, in the synagogue, or in the church. And now these two men come to the temple to pray. A Pharisee and a tax collector. The Pharisee comes in and he notices the tax collector way in the back, so he goes up to the front to get away from him and stands there by himself and he prays a prayer that's really no prayer at all but a praise of himself and his own righteousness. This is how Jesus says it. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed thus, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like that tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. So the Pharisee seems to offer a prayer of thanksgiving to God, but his prayer is nothing but a foul stench to heaven. For his prayer reeks of self-righteousness, of self-justification, and of pride. 
The Pharisee looks down upon others and he looks up upon himself and so he stands there and does what only God should do. He declares himself to be righteous and holy and good. That's God's work to make that declaration. Not ours, not yours, not his. But when this Pharisee takes it upon himself, the the work of justifying himself, he acts as if he is God. And his prayer of thanksgiving is cause for God's condemnation. The tax collector, on the other hand, does no such thing. Standing far off, not willing to lift up his eyes to the altar, but beating his chest, he prays this blessed prayer, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. In fact, we could translate his prayer a little bit more precise, like this. God, be merciful to me, the sinner. The sinner. While the Pharisee thinks that he alone is righteous, the tax collector doesn't care about anyone else. He might be the only sinner. He's the only one around. And yet he knows that as he stands there before God, he is completely unworthy, completely unholy, completely deserving of God's righteous wrath and punishment. And he knows something more, that the Lord is merciful. So he cries, Lord, have mercy on me, the sinner. Now while the Pharisee's prayer was a stench in the sight of God, this prayer of the tax collector is blessed because he prays in repentant humility and faith. This is a true prayer. The prayer of a sinner who knows their sin and knows their God. It is a prayer that asks God to give to us what we do not have and what we cannot have or earn, that is, His righteousness. And the Lord answers that prayer. He forgives his sin. I tell you, says Jesus as he finishes this parable, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Wonderful and shocking. Remember, the Pharisees were the ones that had righteousness in the bag. They were the ones that were on the highway to heaven. They were the ones leaving everyone else behind in the dust. The the tax collectors, it it was simply unimaginable that a tax collector would be blessed by God and much less declared holy and welcomed into eternal life. That was for the Pharisees to be welcomed into, into the kingdom of God. And you see how, uh, the, how the shock works in this. How, how when it comes to justification, it is the Lord's good pleasure to disagree with us. If we stand before God and we say to God, I am righteous and holy, I am a good person, and I am deserving of eternal life, then the Lord says to us, no, you're not. You are holy. You are unholy 
and condemned. But if, on the other hand, we stand before God and confess our sins and our unholiness, if we acknowledge our sin and our death, and if we confess who we truly are, saying, Lord, I'm a sinner, the Lord says, no, you're not. You're holy. You're forgiven. You're righteous. For it is the good pleasure of our Lord to cast down the prideful and to lift up the humble. He receives sinners. He justifies the ungodly. He comforts the despairing. He dies for His enemies. He loves you. And that's the parable. You know it. Perhaps, perhaps we know it too well. Perhaps we find ourselves sitting there and saying a silent prayer to the Lord. Lord, as I hear this parable, I really am grateful to You. I thank You, Lord, that I'm not like the Pharisee in the parable. (laughs) And we begin to see how easy it is for self-righteousness to sneak in. If it can't get through the front door and make you proud of your works and your accomplishments, it sneaks around back and checks the back door. And then it sneaks in the window. Our flesh would even be proud of its own humility. (laughs) Proud of of our own repentance. Proud of our own despair. Proud of our own sorrow or whatever it is. What a mess our sinful flesh is. How do we get out of it? Who will rescue us? Praise be to Jesus. Jesus. For we simply trust in Him. We know that we deserve nothing that He gives, but that He looks upon us poor, miserable sinners, and He dies, and He smiles, and He forgives. He looks at you with mercy and kindness and with body given and blood poured out. He forgives you your sins. And so in spite of yourself, in spite of your flesh, in spite of your pride, in spite of it all, you, dear saints, go home justified. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.